start the interview and it was like I've been racking my mind about that because when I first met you I had like I want to say like 30 different thoughts go off like all pretty balloons that went off and I was like wow I, I really want to be this person's friend the and I'm, I'm not shining you like it like it's it's I've met people that are starting in the business and yeah they you know yes brother I'd love to do that brother all that good stuff you know they you know they listening to their trainers like right off the bat because they're new and green and but I met you and you were you were the an absolute sweetheart and I was prepping on the way to my studio here and I was like how can I get like in the right mood and I put garbage on I put the original garbage it just one of those balloons came up and I was like man I'm gonna go to that that uh can't wait to go see the AEW pay-per-view at Sunday and on Sunday at the uh movie theater and then like another balloon popped up and it was Joan goes to AEW pay-per-views and then another balloon popped up that said if you had tickets for Sunday and I it's okay you you do or you don't don't okay but my point is is if I had mentioned how excited I was about going to the theater. It's just a theater, you know? Like, but I'm going to be with yeah. my buds. You know, it's like we're, we're not getting to go to the pay-per-view. We'd love to, whatever. But uh, I know in my heart that if I had told you that I was going to the theater and you had tickets, you wouldn't tell me because you wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. I know that. that that's one of the balloons that popped up. I, I find that mindfulness in you. I find that in your heart. Yeah, and um, with wrestling, if we're, you know, if we're shooting off the record with it, like, one thing that I, I mean, I think that that's kind of something I do anyways, but with wrestling, I have to um, take an extra level of care on, I mean, I'm an engineer, I'm a senior engineer at a space exploration company, I I do well for myself and it's really easy to accidentally lose touch with things. I mean, it's not like I've been doing well for a long time, but you know, um, and around wrestling, it's, I, I remember being in Huntsville and other people, some of our friends were very successful and it was very awkward in a lot of situations where there is, you know, you're like, damn, how are you able to do that? Or you're in their house and you're like, how the hell do you even have a house? You know, and there's just like a little bit of uh, awkwardness and jealousy. And I don't want anybody to feel that. And so, first of all, I understand that my successful my success is heavily based in luck. It's all about being right place, right time. You know, can go away in a second. Just but like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if there's something going on like it's always cool to be like yeah i got this awesome thing going on but you don't want to you don't want to take away other people's you know you don't, I, I don't want shit in your cheerios yeah yeah and, exactly hmm. i'm just gonna be going to revolution <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. how are you where, where are your floor seats hmm. <laughs> yeah hmm. and that's the thing i love about wrestling is like it's people of all walks and everything. It's kind of a great equalizer. Um, uh, you know, uh, when you start moving up in like the professional world, your friend circles kind of change because you've got your coworker friends or this or that and like your neighbors and everything. And wrestling is really kind of a place where I'm like, yes, I need to be aware that I am not I like and I wouldn't say this in front of anybody else we're just you know talking but 
you've got to keep your feet on the ground and you've got to touch grass, you know? Yeah. No, and, I, I, uh, I, I completely understand. I grew up uh, lower class enlisted military. I mean, like, we were never for naught, but, like, at the same time, though, like, I remember I had a... I remember my, my last girlfriend, like, she saw in my fridge, and I had a lot of bologna and cheese and bread, and you eat bologna? I'm like, yeah, I love bologna. Like, I stopped eating that when I was a kid, and I'm like, man, fried bologna is amazing. Like, like, like it's, it's amazing. And then, like, well, she wanted to go. It's not that I didn't, it's not that I couldn't go or didn't want to take her to some super fit. I don't feel comfortable there. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't feel, and like, like, my shoot job is, is pretty, it's, it's, I got a good one. And, but like, I, 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 it can go away like that. Like, yeah. like that. And I've had some yeah. good stuff like that go away like that. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. But then I get people that like, like want to talk about their express clothes or like, or whatever the hell they, they they're into or, or like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I don't care. And, and, and we're not saying that wrestling is like, I don't know, like lower than that. It's just, it's real and it's real people. And it's people that like, I don't like being around people that have not struggled. Yeah. I mean, five years ago, no, seven years ago at this point, you know, we were needing help from our friends to buy groceries, you know, and you know, things have slowly, you know, picked up, but it's recent. And yeah, I think there's a, yeah, there's a relatability that, you know, you need to have, or at least an understanding of privilege. I really hope, um, I really hope that when, you, when you're when you on AEW that you help <laughs> remind people that. Because I see, the, I see the, the backstage stuff, and I see people that I know for certain, like, came from where we came from, and it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's not you. Like, I yeah. Mean, Ten years ago, I was a waitress at a retirement home while I was in uh, school, and the uh, way I was eating was with uh, leftovers from the kitchen that I wasn't supposed to get. But otherwise, it was mixing instant mashed potatoes with ramen because the texture is atrocious, but it'll fill you up, you know. Don't forget all the money you're making stealing all the old people's pills and selling them. (laughs) I I could never admit to that being somebody who works for a prime contractor for the U.S. federal government. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just ribbing you. Uh, My, uh, my go-to that really grossed people out was I would put uh, Vienna sausages in uh, Tabasco sauce in ramen. Oh, okay. I can't do spicy stuff, you know, but I could see how that could work. You know, Vienna sausage, you're kind of getting spendy, but you know. (laughs) Right, right. Look at our, uh, yeah. oh. No, it's, and I'm glad we're talking about this because this is something that I really want other people to hear is uh, enjoy your success, but don't don't think it can't be taken away. Like, I was watching a Dan Housen thing today, and, like, he was so humble around the other guys because they're, they're into his gimmick. You can tell, like, these bigger guys are, like, you know, like, these big hulking guys, and, you know, they're, they're cool with him. But I, there is a humbleness in him, like, like, uh, he was hanging out with Eva Luno at like New York Comic Con, and they were. He was just, you, you know, how much he is into The Simpsons, and uh, you could tell that he was enjoying it. But at the same time, these guys know that this this business is like should be in the dictionary under fleeting. Yeah, wrestling's temporary. Mm-hmm. It's also weird, and it's also high school. Oh, it's, um, it's great being high school. High school was. High school was awful, but because no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's high school because it's popularity contest and things you can catch heat and never get rid of it easily. Mm-hmm. You know, Allie, I'm not recording yet. Um, no, we're recording. Ah, crap. Um, yeah, we were wait, I can start cursing. I can, I, I can start cursing. Yeah. Um, Yo, here's my manager, Mission Control. I have the most beautiful, blurry photo of you guys kissing after winning the belt. And I was so upset. <laughs> like, like it, it was 
perfectly framed, perfectly so blurry. <laughs> and I think I'm going to release it anyway. Just just because. I don't know. Actually, I'll just send it to you guys and you can do what, do what you want with it. It's so good to see you. How's D&D? &D? Uh, it was good. Uh, tonight, uh, in part of a dungeon we're in, uh, to exchange uh, services for other services, we are hurting giant insects, so our beast master got on top of a giant spider and headed all of them into submission and then my our paladin has a spiritual guardian that automatically kills anything threatening near her that's awesome so she's also killing that. all of the bugs next to her and then she's just gonna spare the dying because we have to catch them alive do you have a do you have a legit group like like one that doesn't have that one jerk that like doesn't take it seriously and the one person that's like like I find that every D and D group's got like the one guy that doesn't take it seriously and then the one girl is like my boyfriend brought me here and then ah <laughs> uh, don't no, talk any trash no we're we're good like we've been together since twenty nineteen that's an infinity. Uh, in person and then we managed to transition online through the pandemic and yeah once yeah actually my D, &D group was kind of like pretty much my bubble for the pandemic so awesome. well, yeah so, so tell, us, tell us who you are because we've been talking to the fabulous out of this world out of sight totally happened joan jetson and we got the manager hi i'm mission control i provide technical and strategic uh, advice and operational, uh, I don't know, consultation uh, for the rocket scientist so then she can best uh, defeat anyone that comes and challenges her in or out of the ring. I love it. That sounds like wrestling's a science, and just like rocket launches, it takes a team for everything to go off. you got to know where your weaknesses are and see where you need help and, you know. When you're in the ring, the adrenaline's real. The adrenaline pumps hard. So good to have her by. I feel like you get a bunch of like really nerdy guys and like like looking like fifties like Mission Control Houston, I, like 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 a my, bunch of them just on the side like constantly like radioing into you. My my manager needs a uh, groupies is what you're saying. I love it. Yeah, because her her ring gear is uh, based on Gene Kranz, Kranz, who was the uh, Mission Control. Uh, flight controller um, main controller for the Apollo missions so he's got the classic look at the flat top and the um, vest yeah. um, thing so he, he pretty much famously through almost all of the Apollo missions during that era it was the white collared button down shirt uh, a tie and a white vest and then slacks and he was very much well known for that I immediately, immediately picture Michael Douglas in Falling Down. In, without a bat. Without, without the bat. Uh, Gene Kranz's uh, autobiography is a uh, book that's very worth reading. Um, uh, where is it? It's the one next to Dr. Space, which is about Warner Von Braun. It was, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I believe this was the right one. Biography. Yeah. Yeah. Flight. So, there you go. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, that's perfect. All right, so I, I put put it over as if you were putting it over, like, in a research paper. That way all the little uh, Joan Jetsons out there can read this and find it at their local library. And that's not even a joke. Yeah. Libraries rule. Oh, well, I pulled the wrong book. This one's about a different uh, flight controller, you know, during the NASA period. But, um... No, uh, there's tons of super interesting stories to be told about the Apollo program when it turned up. I mean, we're able to think about it now, and it seems normal, but, you know, they pumped billions of dollars and made it, like, the number one priority. It was absolutely massive and insane, the pace that they were doing incredible things at. And, um, yeah, the... Uh, Warner Von Braun is a very interesting character, but having gone to school in Huntsville, Alabama, which is where Warner Von Braun was from, um, 
you get to hear some fun stories that you don't get in the books, like apparently Warner Von Braun being, uh, you know, the absolute engineering savant he was, was very absent-minded. So when he would go to places, his um, assistant would take little notes and put them in his pocket. So when he got there, he'd be able to take it out and be like, oh, I'm here for this. Mm -hmm. Um, As well as another note that says, call my assistant at this phone number. Mm -hmm. So You have forgotten um, this. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, you know, I think that's kind of base. That's relatable. Um, His his work office uh, is recreated in a display at the Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. And, like, there are just, there are papers everywhere. There are stacks uh, on the walls where just the diagrams, maps, uh, calculations, because back then, like, You know, computers took up a room, and they really relied on uh, people power to make all of those calculations. Uh, Yeah, so, like, he just had everything just everywhere in his office. I'm sure it makes sense to him. You need to get comfortable. You look like you're on your knees looking into the camera. Go get a chair. Yes, she's speaking way louder than she needs to. Sorry, I just got home. I don't. Yeah, I still have my shoes on. Go do your thing. I still have no, shoes no, on. No, 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 no. You just pull up a chair and take your shoes off there and relax. I I will feel more relaxed if uh, I can uh, take two shakes uh, in the little girls' room. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. I I've been at Perkins for four hours, so. What's a Perkins? <laughs> it's a uh, you know like a Denny's but Midwestern but somehow in Colorado. Can you smoke inside? Uh, no. Damn it. Colorado. I miss that. I mean, I don't. Back when I smoked, you know, it was dope. I loved Waffle House. You know, I grew up in the South, so Waffle House was the place to go at, you know. South Park really got the goth kids right. Everyone always, like, when the goth kids came out, everyone made fun of me because... The, the hair. I was always jealous of that. I wasn't that cool. I was absolutely um, a nerd who just, yeah, I was just like, not even like a fun nerd or anything. I mean, I got by, but. Help me, you know. help me understand that. Let's talk about that. Like, not a fun nerd? Like, when. We were proposing some things to do for Guerrilla Warfare for the Minefields uh, documentary we were going to do every quarter. Uh, we mentioned uh, doing like a Bill Nye-esque, like, you know, a science-type experiment thing. And everything I mentioned to you was the stuff I thought people thought was stupid, but I thought was cool. Like, let's do some agar. Let's... Let, let's and, and you were like all about it. Like, what what is it that help me understand what a not fun nerd was? So a lot of like fun nerd activities like require having other nerd friends. So I never played D and D. I played my first game, you know, a few months back, and I was also not into. I was not a fantasy nerd, so I have no requisite knowledge in any of that. Um, you know, I am also like not good at reading too much. So there was, you know, I knew Star Wars. I, I knew all the Star Wars stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of took uh, being an adult to kind of come into my own and find my groups. Because I went to a small school, and then in my high school was even smaller. There was like 21 kids in my graduating so, class. So you're not actually from Huntsville. You're from one of those satellite places that's outside of Huntsville that you don't talk about because no one's going to know no, where it is. I grew up in Roswell, Georgia, which is just outside Atlanta. And then I went. I moved to Huntsville to go to college because, you know, I always had space dreams, even when I was a kid. Um so, um, the U.S. Space and Rocket Center sent me a letter saying, hey, you went to space camp, we'll give you a free uh, science credit if you come here. And so I transferred schools over to there, um, and turns out uh, University of Alabama in Huntsville is one of the top engineering colleges in the uh, country. So, that's how I ended up there. Don't roll tide. I mean... <clears throat> 
We were, we were the Chargers, even though we were technically University of Alabama, but it was very much an engineering school. So there was no school pride. Uh, our biggest sport was a hockey team, um, which they played at the Von Braun Arena because uh, everything uh, Huntsville is named after space stuff. A hockey um, team in Huntsville, Alabama sounds like pretty parallel same frequency to the Jamaican bobsled team. Pretty much, but they did well. They were like a double A or something, you know. They, but they were on the road like every weekend. I I felt bad. Like they were constantly traveling. So yeah. Well, let, let, let's rewind. All right. So I, I I feel you on a lot of different levels. I hated fantasy stuff. I wanted nothing to do with D and D when I was a kid. I did like Star Wars, but because it was violent. I uh, I liked video games. I liked anything I could get my hands on that was the least bit occult. Um, raised super Catholic and um, comic books. Like just like it, it was like like I, I see how I feel like you're talking about how right now. Like I'm glad the nerds are ruling the world right now. That's awesome. But at the same time, though, like they're buying into the same crap that like. They were persecuted in the first place. What you don't like every Star Wars? You don't you, you don't remember what happened in Clone Wars Episode Two, like Season Three? Like, leave me alone! Like, I, like I thought we came here to be cool. And Season Three is where the show truly picked up, though. If we're being real, yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. But even then, <laughs> even then, it's like what my nerd card isn't big enough. Like that. That's not. That's not fair. Oh, it's not video recording? Yeah, there's no video recording, so I can slouch as much as I want. Yeah, Yeah, but you're squishing the tote. Okay. (laughs) I'm over here. My my manager is doing what my manager should do, which is stop slouching, stand up, you know, sit up and everything. I had to clarify that we are on an audio-only podcast, so my posture... Everybody listening, please go back to picturing me being very proper and right and tight, you know? Exactly. Well, don't show me up on the femininity. I just, you know. Fine, here we go. Hmm. I'll go, I'll go oh. Georgia Peach as I was raised to be, but, you know. How was that? I mean... The worst that happens is that I start saying y'all when I get, like, heated. You know, I can be, yeah. If you ever are around a show and you hear me shout and I'm shouting at a group of people, you'll hear just this super southern y'all come out of me. Uh, But I've done a good amount of work to not have those audio tendencies come out of my mouth. Why would you want to lose that? Um, I mean, there is definitely an academic stigma uh, against those with Southern accents. Um, And in the South, it is easier to be highly educated or, you know, like go to college and retain your strong Southern accent. But when you start interacting in industries that are outside of the South. There were just so many preconceptions about uh, what happens if you have a Southern accent. And often it's easier to, unfortunately, you know, code switch or learn to speak without one. Yeah, um, there's some of my favorite people to listen to talk. If you ever get a chance to talk, like with like a PhD who's from the deep south, I absolutely love listening to highly technical topics be discussed with that super thick southern draw. It's wonderful. It's musical years. It's uh, warm molasses for the soul. I spent a couple of years in Alabama when I was a kid in, um, at Maxwell Air Force Base, and uh, granted, the fact that I can't get sweet tea literally anywhere I go still bothers me. Um, but I love the fact that you've got that, but it still confuses me that you would want to lose that, despite the fact that you, 
really enjoy hearing people be intellectual in themselves, but still with the accent. Like, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, you're you're a wrestler. You're, yes, but I, I I'm I'm the rocket scientist wrestler, and. You know, as a queer woman living in the South and growing up in the South, I don't necessarily have all the best positive associations with certain aspects of what that is. So it is something I distance myself from. How old were you when you found out? How How old were you when you realized and how old were you when you were okay with it? I mean, it took forever to, like, kind of come to terms with. Uh, in high school, I attempted to come out, uh, that went off epically poorly. So that ended up resulting in me going back into the closet. And then like, I really figured my stuff out when I was about 22. So, you know, and I was raised Catholic as well. Catholic school, kindergarten through eighth grade, and that does a number on everything and as much as you try, you still can't shake those underlying things that they drilled into you when your brain was, like, really mashed potato. Yes. Oh, look, squishy baby brain. Oh, let's squish it with some not-so-great stuff. I remember my first confession. Uh, like, I had to, like, it wasn't even in that cool, like, box. It was in a, it was in a poorly lit, like, room in the back, and I couldn't think of anything I felt bad about. Like, I, I, I I, I taped every like metal song I could off the radio, and I, I I felt bad about not feeling bad about stuff. And he's like, "What do you got to confess?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Um, I don't love Jesus." And he's like, "Well, why not?" And I was like, "Because I'm, I you know, I just I I, I don't like guys with beards." And he was like, "Oh my!" He starts laughing. And he's like, oh, my God, do you think you're supposed to romantically love Jesus? And I'm like, yeah, isn't that what love is? And he's like, no, love him like your mother or your father. Like, he, he laughed his ass off. And I was like, great, that's all I got. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry slash happy that you grew up in that because you wouldn't be the wonderful person I could not wait to talk to tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm completely flattered, and it's all a farce. It's all just a show. I'm a garbage person. You know, I'm... <laughs> but, you know... Absolutely untrue. Yeah, no, y- y'all just don't know. But, you know... Well, if they knew what we were doing, I've got, like... I think I've got four. We've got four booty camp photos. With four, yeah. four With different a- booties. Would a good person go around and photobomb pictures of another butt? And even more complicit and arguably the worst person in this situation is the photographer who is going around and sneakily taking pictures of butts. Like, I'm complicit, but I think we know where the true crimes lie. Well, I knew we were going to be friends and I wanted to be friends right away with you. But then when we were at that Primo's meeting and... uh you were, you were like, kind of crouched next to me, and I was still just kind of screwing around my camera. And I'm, like, pointing at the butt, and you're like, huh? And I'm like, go over and go, just go over. And, like, like, I, 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 like, that was all the direction I gave you. And you're like, I'll post by that butt. <laughs> yeah, it was a good butt, and it needed appreciation. And I've got I would like to say appreciation for good butts makes you a good person, it does not make you a bad person. I don't know. Like, maybe in 30 years, I'm going to be, like, like on trial right now. We have audio recording of you blazingly happy about taking pictures of people's butts with your friend, Joan Jetson, who we've already crucified. Yes. Yes, I... I, I. Yes, I, I'm crucified for having mixed mashed potatoes with ramen, mm-hmm. uh, instant, instant mashed potatoes, and I do repent, but sometimes you got to eat, and sometimes you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. That is, that is correct. And uh, the future cancel Gestapo is like just waiting to hear this recording. 
20 years from now. Yeah, when, you know, that's why, and it could have been a great cold open. My first question is, how much do you add it out of this? And he said, not much, and had that little flag go off on my brain, worrying, oh, no, what am I going to say? You know, I yeah. think we've managed to avoid it up until this part where we blew, blew the lid off of the reality of what booty cam actually is. We, and just to put it in perspective, and Jeff, I know you're listening, don't worry. What we do, me and Miss Joan Jetson, before, <laughs> during, and after wrestling shows, when we bump into each other and I give her the look and she gives me the look, like, like we, we got that look, like, ready? Like, like it, I remember it was absolutely plain as day at the last Primo show. Oh yeah, and I give you that look, and you're like, and, it, and, it, and, it, and then it was, on. It was on. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, you know we asked for consent this time, um, though it could probably be a wee bit more like informed, and you know, but that would take you know 20 minutes to explain to them the whole concept of, well, we just want you to stand there, you know, and I'm going to be next to your butt. And have a photo taken. You know, exactly. Thumbs it's up. It's still admiration. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's 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 going to be something that is going to end up on a T-shirt one day. The way that did you see the new MGF shirt? I have not. What's to say? Okay, so uh, you you've probably seen the, the like came out like two weeks ago. The MGF versus CM Punk, like the the. They're like it's like like their yeah. classic boxing poster that are staring each other down. This one was the photo, uh, the shoot photo of Lil MJF with CM Punk at at a convention, and I was yeah. like, and I was like genius, <laughs> genius. And um, if you don't mind, uh, I have not seen that particular Joan Jetson shirt that you are wearing at the moment. Oh my, it is. <laughs> A Jetson champion shirt, you know, modified the uh, patches just to have a little uh, title belt on the in- eagle on the smart and strong patch, as well as a little title on the wrestling scientist patch. If one were wanting to see that design, they can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Joan Jetson and get themselves a limited edition championship shirt. I don't know when I'll be, uh, no title reign lasts forever. I'm not going to be arrogant enough to think that I will have this till I die. But it'd be pretty dope if uh, somehow that shirt just became non-limited edition. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and uh, buy one of those. Um, I, I, I very rarely ask for anything from anyone because that's your, that's your cash. I get it. But I, I had to have the wings for my vest yes i i'm proud of my merch game Mm -hmm. i feel like that's one of my uh, stronger suits you got to have your stickers and t-shirts of course but then you got to do things like have little painted figurines of astronauts or have you know appropriate uh Appropriate Yu-Gi-Oh cards that have the relevant character on them that you use to autograph, which um, I actually got that idea. I was working New South, in, uh, which is in Huntsville, Alabama, and it was Hartsville. Um And that was probably in June of 2020, uh, August, I think. But some guy came up to me. It's my first time ever wrestling at this promotion. I'm from out of state. I had been promoted on the posters and stuff, but he came up and he was like, hey, can you autograph this uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card? And it was the Rocket Warrior card. Awesome. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And so when I went back after having those, uh, he saw that I had bought multiple copies of that card and had that there to sell. And... Um, him and his friends ended up buying out all I had at the time, which is awesome. awesome. But, yeah, no, the fans always have a way of surprising you with something new, and they're chock full of ideas, even if they don't know that it's a brilliant idea. Did you take photos of this thing happening? 
Um, at the time, yes. I believe I took one before I uh, signed it over. But did you take a photo of getting it signed? Uh, I'm sure he has that photo. I want, I, you, I want you to do me a big favor. The next time you're in a moment where something really extraordinary is happening. I mean, like, we're having, like, a like all of a sudden, like, it's exclusive to you. Because that's never happened to anyone on the planet. Earth. Or in space. That a fan came up to a wrestler wanting you specifically, like, knew who you were, excited to meet you, and wanted to show you how hardcore he was and into you by presenting something like, a, like a, almost like a relic. Yeah. Now, next time that happens, I want you to do something I do quite often. I want you to pretend like you were li- like you just traveled back from the future and your like old you is traveling back into the mind of you now to relive the moment. Every time that happens, like where there's something like that, I want you to Pretend that you just came back from the future to relive it again. And we're going to follow up, and I want you to tell me how that has in any way made the moment just so much more extraordinary. All right. Just some kid came up to you. No one can ever, no one can take that from you. Yeah. I mean, getting ninja hugs from children when when you, like, are getting a photo or something, that makes my heart melt every single time. You got over immediately, didn't you? Um, so my first time through Primo's, no, um, before the pandemic, like, it wasn't that I was hated, but this time through, something had changed, you know, maybe it was COVID doing something. I spent a lot of time during COVID working out. And when I came back after and not wrestling for however long it was, time is meaningless. I was in the best shape I've been when it comes to wrestling. I was able to pick it up and be better than before. But I, I, I think the merch, I didn't really have the merch the first time through. I had the remove before flight keychains. I'd sell like one or two, but like now I'm going to shows that aren't even merch heavy shows and coming out and doing really well. And it's super cool to see people wearing your own shirt that they bought from you. Like, It'll make my day if I come into the venue, I see the crowd, and you see, like, two or three Jetson shirts throughout the place. My my dad's neighbor. Oh, yeah. Like, and then there's people who haven't even been to a show and probably never will who are buying shirts, you know. My, uh, yeah, my father-in-law, he lives up in, uh, you know, North Dakota, middle of nowhere on a farm and he has sent pictures of his neighbor wearing my shirt so I think there's something to the character this time around that resonated with people a lot more um I think um oh go ahead do you think it's time that we tell everyone that all the monkeys we sent into space came back super intelligent um, well, there's the one monkey that we spent sent in space, and it came back extremely angry. And the first thing that it did was it bit its handler. But that's because they had been training this monkey to do this thing where he had three levers, and when he did the thing properly, it would give him a little banana chip. Well, turns out for the launch vehicle, when he would do it right, he would get an electrical shock. And it wasn't anybody's fault, but that made for one very angry monkey when it was back on the ground. Was it a, um, Russian, was it, was it a Russian monkey? No, it was I, the U.S. Yeah, I think it was us that did it. Yeah, like, because there there was something about, like, how the connections were in the metal. So, basically, they didn't realize that once he was in there actually operating and doing his task that he was he would get shocked and so 
this poor monkey literally repeatedly did this task probably what a hundred times yeah maybe more and constantly shocked him and because you know you train an intelligent animal to do a positive thing and after a while they're like well i have to keep doing this i don't know what else to do and so they kept getting punished and yeah like pretty much as soon as they opened the door like the monkey hurled himself out and was absolutely furious uh and I, no, uh, yeah, no fault, no fault. I don't blame him. I would probably bite someone too. <laughs> that was when I was mentioning reading up on the old, the old space programs. Nowadays, everything is very rigid. Everything is double checked. And back then, you know, MacGyver could have gotten a job as an engineer in most of those departments. So, yeah. Is there anything else you can tell me about? Like, I mean, I just wanted to make a fun Simpsons quote with you guys, and you pulled out some actual science facts and the shameful history of the uh, NASA monkey program. Um, What else you got? This is awesome. So at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama, the tradition is to go and leave a banana on top of the grave of Abel and Baker because... you know, they were the two, two first monkeys to go into space, and their bodies are interned there just directly out of the front entrance. office entrance. Yeah. Did they so live, there's... Did they live to a ripe old age, or did they go the way of bubbles? I think those ones came back successfully. Yeah. But there is a... Uh, it's probably about four feet tall, and then it's got a bronze cast of uh, one of them, and there's a little bit of space. And there's always at least, like, half a dozen bananas there every day. Well, there, the kids at base camp will also do it. Yeah. They'll steal it from commissary because there's a cafeteria, and then go put bananas on there. But yeah. we put our own banana. Yeah. It... it there is never not been a day where there isn't a banana there um, to commemorate uh, the sacrifice that these animals made for space. So, what it, what was it about space that really enticed you? Because this is this is this is extremely niche. This isn't like where like I mean like wrestling is niche, but wrestling and being in, and being a Viking is niche. Um, but space, um, I can't think of any uh, space exploring uh, legitimate engineer uh, pro wrestling women that put that gimmick over that know what they're talking about, let alone have anything to do with space, other than Statlander, but that's different. Yeah. She's an alien. <laughs> She's an alien, but we're still talking about space, and I love her, and I got her action figure today. In the mail, I'm super stoked. We we got a picture of her in October, and because of COVID, you know, she doesn't want to, like, touch people, so we told her to look angry as uh, I booped you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's looking on disapproving as I I take the boot power away from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it comes to the gimmick, um, so I originally came up with the gimmick before I was an actual rocket scientist. Ever since I was a kid, I was absolutely obsessed with space. Had all the books and all the planets. I have way too much knowledge from those things. But I I had the rocket scientist gimmick. Uh, I was in a space camp flight suit. And then when I moved out to Colorado, the current job that I have for a heavy launch provider came through. And maybe that's one of the reasons the gimmick got over this time around, because there's a huge difference between saying, oh, yeah, she's a rocket scientist, but, and then after the show, be like, no, nah, I'm just a boring engineer doing boring stuff. Um, now I actually have those bona fides to do that. Because um, 
very few people can say that they are rocket scientists pro wrestlers. Why do you do it? Pro wrestling? I loved it ever since I was a kid. I never had dreams of being a pro wrestler, though. My dreams were... We, my dad took me to Raw a few times. He absolutely despised it, but he, you know, made the sacrifice for me to take me there. And just the grandest, the size was so grand. There was so much pageantry. One of my dream jobs that I had after astronaut was like being a pyrotechnician for the WWF. Um, and so. We started getting back into wrestling, and we started doing the typical thing of, oh, consume everything on the WWE Network, and then eventually we were working our way through all the local promotions. There weren't very many. Um, And I was like, I want to be part of the show, so... um, I started looking and or I started asking around, how do I be a referee? I thought that that was going to be the easy way in to be part of the show. Turns out it's not the easy way in to be part of the show. It's the hardest damn way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so I ended up reaching out to Dump Sanders of New South and was like, hey, you happen to have a school? And he was getting one set up, but I got a job out here in Colorado before I uh, was able to actually start training. Um, And with that, uh, me and Dump still have a close relationship because we consider each other our first. So that's how I've been getting booked out there because, you know, typically somebody of my stature um, in business wouldn't be getting brought out from Colorado to be on their big shows. I'm confused. Um, typically, when someone says my stature, that means like what you're like five foot one, but you're you're a tall woman. Yes, I am six foot zero, uh, and that's also a tricky thing to account for in wrestling. Um, I'm a lot of the women out here in the Denver scene. I easily tower over them to the point where if you don't incorporate that into your match then it breaks a bit of immersion for the crowd because they want to know yeah if I face off with uh, any of the women I could easily just put my hand on their head push them away and they could swing them swing and swing and never get contact and not Tyra. knowledge not, that not you gotta Tyra. make it not Tyra you gotta be careful not Tyra she'll mess you up <laughs> I believe I've done that exact spot with Tyra like three different times and it never ends well <laughs> no, 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 no. but I'm able to successfully execute the you can't punch me because my reach is so much more than yours. Yeah. But how do you feel about your power? My power is not where it needs to be. Um, I'm working out super hard to come back and be powerful enough. Fortunately, with uh, a lot of the other wrestlers being smaller than me, it does make it easy because one of my signature moves is the airplane spin. Yeah. So you get the person up, you know, spin five times in one direction. But since I'm a rocket scientist, that's when you stop and you tell the crowd to count down um, and do that. And that does require a good amount of power. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well. But yeah. As as we wind down, because this has been yeah. one of the funnest interviews I've ever had. I I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that you're happy about it. What you got? Well, you know how do you, how do you ask questions to a wrestler? Uh, what am I gonna say? Who's your favorite wrestler? Uh, what woman really empowered you? Um, honestly, I want to know. I want to know one of the worst things that happened to you in wrestling and how you overcame it. 
because like like yeah, you can shine up there. You're Primo's champion. You're one of the top people in the women's stable at New Era Wrestling. Um, if if you can, without naming names, if if what what did you have to overcome? I mean, like. I mean, like you can always say, like, I'm a woman and people don't take me seriously because it's a male-dominated industry. You can, uh, you can cite that you've had a lot of struggle, but is there something that really, really affected you? I mean, the first obvious answer is the time I got my concussion, um... Yeah, so uh, somebody was giving me a cannonball senton into the corner, so I was in the corner doing my thing, and unfortunately I caught a boot to the face on that, and it was one of those, like, you can watch it on replay and do the old classic meme of back and to the left, back and to the left. Wait, you say, are you saying a magic bullet hit you? It, it looks like that in the video. It's absolutely what's up. Um, And that was a kind of scary wake-up call in a lot of ways when it comes to wrestling. Because we all know that we are sacrificing our bodies when we are out there. Yeah. Um, Because we love wrestling. Seeing the effects that getting kicked in the face really hard have on your ability to think. And just be able to... My job involves writing code. It definitely hurt that ability and has definitely scared me more. Ring your bell. About head trauma in wrestling. And, you know, I see, I'm watching wrestling a lot and I notice that people are, ooh, that shot, that would have gotten me. And then you see that they were wrestling the next day. But that's the reality of the business and it's awful and it's changing, thank God. But, yeah, um, that would easily be up there. I mean, we all have, every wrestler has stories of just matches that have fallen apart um, in there and just trying to recover from that. One of them I didn't recover from, and the match was just a total cluster. Though there was one where I was able to recover. It wasn't super graceful, but... People were forgetting what was up, so I just, like, kept on hitting move after move after move until I was so blown up that I was, like, basically begging. I was, yeah, I was just, like, do something. Yeah. Please, something. Yeah. Um, Now. uh, Nothing else major. The last time you were floating in 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 the skis at the International Space Station... With I can't remember the name of the monkey you're hanging out with, but he accidentally bumped into you. Said monkey accidentally bumped into you. I don't know if it was an accident or not, but he signed to you something that said, uh, go to the doctor. Yeah, the space monkey did diagnose me with a breast lump. Um, and, you know, we're winding down on the pandemic, but... I noticed, uh, I first noticed the lump when it was probably April 2020, and it took until July to find out that it wasn't cancerous. And they were like, you know what, it's probably going to stop growing or go away on its own. This is totally normal, even though it was, like, super big. Um, At that time, it was big. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking, um, like, like... Like the size of your thumb. Okay, um... Gotcha. Yeah, so I wanted to get it out because, you know, it was noticeable. I didn't like it, but it took a long time for me to get around actually getting it taken out. And uh, in January of this year, I did get it taken out. And, you know, if any of you ever run across me and want to see a gross picture of what the lump looked like, I will show you. But it was six five five by four. Okay, Allie, if you want it, it was approximately six centimeters by five centimeters by four centimeters. Ovoid solid mass. Um, I'm sorry. This is America. Give me some inches. 
All right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just teasing. No. I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah. We, we are scientists. We yeah. use the metric but system. For our surgeon uh, that operated on Joan, I mean, this mass encompassed her entire palm. Wow. Uh, it was 56 grams. Uh, yeah. So it was a big thing. Um, and unfortunately, it getting that big, it took me out of commission for even doing normal human tasks for a lot longer than it would have if it were smaller because they had to give me a lot more internal stitches. And, you know, February was spent with restrictions of not being able to lift anything over five pounds. And I don't care whatever, every scale in the world will tell you that the title belt weighs more than five pounds. Yes. They're lying. It's a conspiracy. That belt weighs under less than five pounds. Otherwise, I obeyed the restrictions, but it's had a big effect, and that's why I've been out for a bit. But by the time we're at the next show, um, the next show's coming up. I should be back back in order. Well, I would love for you to be you two to be my personal guests uh, backstage uh, at New Era. Obviously, you're welcome there, regardless. But I, want, uh, I, I I do not want the twelfth to roll around at New Era without you guys backstage hanging out. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, you Appreciate better, it. You better be there. Um, don't hesitate to sell sell the merch. Uh, don't hesitate. Like I'll. I'll I will talk. I have an idea. We'll talk about afterwards. And um, I love the fact that gender rolls into so many different things. And this hasn't been like, like, yay, girls, you, you're just as good as it. No, no, no. It's been like, no, it's just been your person. We kick ass. Do as Joan does. <laughs> Um, whether and it, it popped in my head when you mentioned earlier before we started recording, like if you even if you're even if you're male, like this can happen to you too, and you were like really passionate about it, and um, it, it it really struck a chord with me. Like you no, know, like Joan's not here to empower every little girl in the world. Joan's here to empower every little person that is there. Like you like science. You don't like fantasy. You're not in Lord of the Rings. That's okay. We're not taking your nerd card away. You like, I, I can I can see you guys raising someone that's really into football, and then you being like all about it. And, yeah. And, and and that's for some reason it stopped. For my my recorder turned off. Um, sorry about that. Um, that sort of um, all encompassing without talking about it or making a big deal about it is I think like it empowered me because I was the I was the goth kid even in Alabama and it it was it was a difficult choice do I pretend I like this other crap or just be me yeah and another thing when it comes to inspiring or uh younger people or even adults a lot of people will come up up to me and say the same thing which is i have no idea how you get get up and perform in front of a crowd and my response is i have no idea either um i i am following the dream of being a pro wrestler i want to make the young version of me proud like if they accidentally time to teleport it into the past and I ran into six-year-old me and be like here's all my lessons I want them to at least be like cool you're doing awesome stuff um so yeah but when it comes to me the thing is I started training just to learn how to wrestle I didn't have any Real thoughts that I'd ever wrestle in front of a crowd. I oh, just, I, I call I call BS on that one. You're, you're you're talking about like the first thing that popped in my head is when I was like I'm Mexican, like you know, four year old me is like dipping that like the the tip of the 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 Dorito into some salsa and taking a bite. Like I ate salsa, I didn't really do it. But what I really wanted to do was take a huge old chunk of it and be able to. Like and 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 
like, I was scared of it. Um, I guess I will say, like, Joan really does hate being the center of attention. So her first couple of shows, like, two or three days before the show, she was petrified and, like, just trying to, like, be the soft comfort pillow as she, like, tried to overcome that was stage fright and being around so many people looking at her was really hard for her. And I think uh, Joey with Primos and Tyra, I mean, they've been phenomenal pushing her to uh, learn how to perform and get comfortable. Uh, Like they are so supportive and amazing in that regard. Um, I I, I, I do need to comment on that, that at the butcher shop, like I came in and I was not in shape and I am not an athletic person. I am not a coordinated person. Um, But with their grace, I was able to make it past the phases where most people would have dropped out, you know, and you know, it hurt seeing these new people come into training and within a week they're doing stuff that took me three months to, for three months for me to be able to do. But at the same time, I persevered through that and I eventually did actually debut and I was an emotional wreck from debuting because it's exciting when it starts becoming a reality. Um, I, I do beg your forgiveness about being so brazen about that, but you, in my defense... No, you got a little I, bit I, of a point. I, I, in my defense, I, I, you're too good at what you do for me to ever think that you were that nervous. So nervous. The... Yeah, it was like walking on eggshells kind of in the house. She was just so yeah, and wound th- up. Yeah, and I mean, for that first run before the pandemic hit, I did have to, I questioned, I loved that as a pro wrestler, and I loved everything that went into it, but going to shows is just afterwards, I would think, is this really for me? Um, and I did have trains of thoughts. Maybe I just like put in a few shows and then eventually I'll just drop off and I'll pick up a new hobby. You know, I call it a hobby <laughs> in this context, but oh, came yeah, back yeah. from the pandemic and I was able to be like boom out the curtain and, you know, you still get the adrenaline rush, but now I love it even more than I did when I was going around so I think that time off I think pandemic giving us all time to self reflect and you know the only mandate was the mandate for meditation um, and with that I was able to come back and just start kicking butt um, and I'm super flattered that you think I'm so good at what I do I wouldn't have me on the show otherwise yeah yeah we at Minefields love winners. Well, you know, the crowd won't see it, you know, listening to it, but here, I'll give you a nice knock, hard knock proving that I'm a winner. There you go. There's I, that I have the honor of being the one person you handed that champagne bottle to. Oh, we got in so much trouble for that. <laughs> I like like it, 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 like honestly. Did you guys ever see Speed Racer? Yeah, yeah. Remember when he won it all at the end, and and he hands the 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 thing of milk to Sparky, and he looks at it like really like me <laughs> like like yeah. like like I I, I I I you saw me there like uh, I do what I do with the shows and and y'all are cool and you know you know that like I I, I do push my limits for what I'm taking photos of uh, because I have to but um, otherwise uh, you know what am I doing there but the the other thing was you saw me and you handed it to me and I like it, it popped right in my head like that that scene when he and Sparky the like 
And I totally stone cold it. <laughs> I, I, I totally stone cold it, and and um, yeah, it, it, it was awesome, guys. And I, 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 it was, it was a special moment. And even in the pandemic, it was great to have everybody. I call my fans the flight through, but uh, you know, it was a popping crowd. And it was a popping crowd. That was a good night. That was a damn good night. Yeah. And also getting the headline was also pretty uh, awesome, especially when there was, uh, you know, big names on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty validating. Yeah. Though the problem with going on after a Haas match is that the ring can break. So if you ever see photos or a video of that match, you might notice sometimes where all of a sudden I'm stepping in a hole. Yeah. And it, did make the match more complicated to do. But, yeah, being able to be up there, hold up that belt, get chance from the crowd, one of the best days of my life. I'll never forget it. Well, it's I, a high that you chase. I just, just like how he said it, like, uh, I just hope I'm there to see it. Absolutely. Me too. How do we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Twitter uh, with uh, Joan Jetson RCS. You can find all of my links at joanjetson.com. I have everything there. Um, and my Instagram should be Rocket City Scientist. And I do have a Facebook page that I do not update because it's Facebook. Um, it's garbage. I, been, I hate yeah. Facebook. JoanJetson.com, go there if you want to find me on anything else. It's all there, including links to my merch. Well, when I bet people seem to like the t shirt designs, go look, give it a look, see what you think. Well, why don't you, why don't you give me a shot at that? I, I, I might have a artistic hand in doing stuff. Let me, oh, yeah. let me, let me, let me give you a freebie. Okay. Yeah. Did you want to show me something, or were you telling me something else? I I'm misunderstanding something. Then no. I'm, I'm point I'm pointing at your wife. You no, said, I am. You, you said one, and I was like, okay. I thought I thought you were going to show me something. Okay, so guys, this is Minefields. This is Miss Joan Jetson. This is Booty Cam Crew. This transmission. Is over and this is dangerous. And I gotta say it, meet Joan Jetson. Hannah Barber. <laughs> <laughs>